Hello, this is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working With People by PaveStep. The Working With People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Sarah here with us today. Hey, Sarah, how are you? I'm good, Harrison. How are you? I am good. Where are you calling in from on this fine day? <laughs> uh, Texas by way of Utah. So Perfect. And when I say that this fine day, for those of you listening later, uh, today's November 4th, just the day after the election day. So everyone's kind of anxious and paying attention to their TVs and their internet all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're talking about feedback and mental health. Mental health being a really interesting topic in 2020, especially. But before we get into all of that, you know, tell us who you are and what you do. I am Sarah Kohler. My official title is the People Operations Manager at GoCo. And GoCo is a HR software system and specifically to small and medium sized businesses. And we are actually a small business. So I'm sure I can empathize with a few of your listeners that mm-hmm. wear all hats at that moment in time, right? right. Just similar to Pave Steps. So we recently had an, a moment where we talked about what photo represented our role. And I picked Mrs. Potato Head because you just kind of put whatever hat you have to do at that moment in time and make it happen, right? Or try to. So Awesome. So let's dive right in. One of the first things that I wanted to talk about, I spent a lot of my time talking about feedback, thinking about feedback, just with the nature of my job and my role at PaveStep. But from your perspective, why are employees so afraid of feedback? So this is an interesting question, I think, Harrison, and maybe you've seen it too. I feel like there's been kind of a shift in ideas around feedback. So Mm. from what I can tell, it used to be like, no news is good news, right? Like if you (laughs) don't get any feedback, if you don't talk to the HR person, if you're not kind of in touch with your boss, then you were fine just kind of skating around. In our workforce, I've seen a recent shift in this, you know, we were talking about mental health and anxiety. There's now this constant need for like, what can I do to make myself better? Or Uh how can I start contributing in a different way? So I think the newer generations to the workforce want to know how they can improve and want to know how they can help grow the business and the bottom line. I think that now we're shifting into where feedback is really more employee driven. So maybe they aren't necessarily as afraid. That's just kind of me thinking from what I've seen in our role, that they want that feedback and they're ready for it. Yeah. And it's interesting. I think that's generally what I've seen as well with our clients and partners. When when you look at the workforce and you just kind of split it down the middle and say, hey, here are the managers and here are the individual contributors or independent contributors, and typically the latter being younger in the workforce. And when you look at that part of the workforce, they want more feedback and more transparency, right? They want to understand how they can develop their skills and advance in their careers. So they're looking for it. But when you look at the former group, the managers, typically the more senior group, they are not always proactive with feedback. Part of the reason I think being because necessarily have the knowledge, right, of how to share feedback. And two, they're scared that their right. direct reports are going to take it the wrong way. Right. A hundred percent agree with that. Awesome. So when you think about managers, right? So a lot of the managers are afraid of these feedback conversations, these candid conversations. Now, how should they approach these feedback conversations? Any tips from your perspective? From what we've been doing since we went remote, since the pandemic happened, yeah. since everybody's on edge, we've started to do these random pulse surveys, right? So like keeping tabs on our people just because we can't see them all the time. Yeah. And they're automatic. Now, I've noticed 
we generally have a pretty good engagement score, but I noticed a significant uptick since our performance reviews happened, right? So people Mm. were more satisfied with their engagement. Mm. So I tend to use that data point with managers as far as like your people want this, right? Like they are looking to you for guidance and just prepping them for the fact this is an uncomfortable conversation, or it could be having your raw emotions out there. But as far as Prepping managers for feedback conversations, it outlining it as this is part of your job description. You are now in charge of this, right? And that's what you need to be measured against. And then also creating this safe space where feedback is embraced and having these data points. I honestly think we got like a 5% uptick in our overwhelming engagement score and our approval score on these pulse surveys because of the fact that we went through performance reviews and people knew where they stood. And so I don't know if that kind of answered your question, but managers need to approach these feedback conversations by like, this is a job requirement. You have Mm -hmm. to do this because you are a manager. And also with the data point of knowing that your people want it, like they crave this. Right. They shouldn't dread it, right? The manager shouldn't be looking at this event or this conversations as something that the employees are going to dread. In fact, it's, it can very much be the other way where employees are really, really looking forward to that. Right. And I think that goes back to our first point about this idea that the newer generation wants this. So it's just reprogramming the managers. One, should do this. And two, the employees want this. Absolutely. You mentioned something about psychological safety, right? This is a pretty big topic, of course, but From a manager's perspective, what are some of the things that they can do to start creating or fostering this psychological safety or psychological safe environment for their employees? You know, I think a lot of that is this ongoing feedback loop. We're moving away from this official performance Mm -hmm. review idea. So maybe it is a matter of the bullet points of the feedback conversation are a little more broad. Maybe it's that not everything is documented and written down because maybe your employee just needs to come to you and vent. Maybe Mm -hmm. they just need a safe space to say, this is hard or I'm anxious. Or on the flip side of that, I'd be like, I totally rocked that project and I'm proud of myself for it. So I think a manager's, as far as ensuring the psychological safety, maybe come up with ground rules that they have when they're Mm -hmm. having these ongoing feedback conversations. And I do think that has to come with leadership. With us, because we're a younger workforce, we have conversations around mental health awareness. We continuously remind people about the idea that that is just as important as your physical health right now. So beyond the managers having this conversation, leadership needs to make sure that they are expecting their managers to have a safe space where their employees can come to them with concerns or with needs to come back and feel like I'm kind of talking around it, but it really is, it has to come from the top down. Absolutely. One of the things I've seen actually uh, pretty creative was like an off the record time. And you mentioned this briefly talking about allowing your employees or direct reports to talk to you and just have a moment to vent, for example. And I've seen a situation where Basically, what they set up was having this like off the record time with a different manager. So let's say you're my manager. I wouldn't come to you necessarily. I can go to any kind of manager. I guess it's more like a mentorship relationship. And you have this like off the record time where you can kind of vent about everything and just be in a therapy session, if you will. And I thought that was a cool idea. I love that. And I think the role right now that HR people have to play is 
setting that up because it's not natural if you're right. an entirely remote workforce. So I love that idea. And sometimes it really is, you know, that the old saying, like there's a weight lifted off your chest. Like sometimes yeah. you just have to spit it out into the world. So I do love that kind of a side tick to feedback conversation is off the record moment where you can just let your feelings loose. <laughs> exactly. Which is not the easiest thing to do these days. <laughs> no, <laughs> but we have to do what we can to make it happen. Right. Absolutely. Moving on to the employee side. So you, a lot of these employees want feedback and want more transparency. When they're having these feedback conversations, what can they do to prepare themselves to make the conversations most productive? I'm trying to think back to myself having those conversations with my manager. I think that the employee has a lot of leeway and ability to set these ground rules, right? So mm. it doesn't necessarily have and I keep harping on that it needs to come from the top down, but maybe it is the employee saying, all right, fine, here's the feedback. We'll talk about XYZ projects that I worked on. We'll talk about how I want to grow in my career, but then also engaging in that conversation with their manager about the fact that they just need two minutes to decompress. So I think there can be a movement from employees as far as like, all right, here's how my, I want my feedback conversations to go. And maybe that is projects that I've worked on. And like I said, career building moments, but also letting their manager know that they need a safe space to vent or helping the employee really drive the conversation upward. And we're talking about preparing for the feedback conversations, but I also do think that the employees can initiate the feedback conversation, right? right? So if they haven't heard from their manager in a while, they can put time on their calendar or they can raise their hand and say, look, I need you to tell me how I'm doing. And I think that is newer to our generations of newer people coming into the workforce right now, that they are the ones that want that feedback. So I would hope that they feel empowered with their managers to raise their hand and put time on their schedule and make it so that they have time to have one-on-ones and time to have regular feedback. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think managers really appreciate that because it really just opens the door for them and it gets rid of this barrier of awkwardness of, oh, like, is this person going to take the feedback well or not? Right. When the employee actually proactively asks for that. I did that a few times in my previous role and, and, and that was like explicitly very appreciated from the managers who are like, hey, like this is something you should continue to do because people are busy and it, it can be an awkward thing to do this, but this is really helpful. But yeah. that can be very powerful. Well, and probably to your point, you can correct me if I'm wrong. The managers have more than one employee underneath them, right? So they're busy and they're like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, I should really connect with them. But if the people put time on their manager's calendar, then they're carving out that moment for themselves. Whereas yeah. You're sitting there going, okay, I have like five or 10 direct reports and it's daunting to have to schedule time for all of them. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. In thinking about expectations, how and when should managers communicate to their employees when expectations are not being met? How should they think about that so that they can have a productive and effective conversation? So I go back and forth on this and I I said, be curious, Mm. Harrison, to see how you do it. Because I find that If I'm in the mode and doing something and my manager pulls me out of it, it takes a toll on my self-awareness. I'm like, oh, was I not supposed to be doing that? Or was, Mm -hmm. did I waste somebody's time? Or so I guess I 
all that to say is I go back and forth, like, does the feedback need to be immediate or should there be a loop every week or every two weeks that there's a scheduled time for the manager to talk to that person? If I'm working on a project that I think is meaningful and my manager gives me immediate feedback that then causes me to second guess myself, that gets messed up in my mind. But if managers at the beginning of the week or at the end of the week or, you know, some allotted time say like, okay, here's what I expect from you. What do you want to do? And then they plan everything out. That seems to be a little nicer of a conversation. Right. At the same time, you may waste a little bit more time if that's actually not something you'd be focused on. Um, right. I think that's kind of the trade-off. And I think it honestly depends. I've seen it work well both ways, but I do think it really depends on the person. And I think one of the best things that the managers can do is actually just ask that question, right? Being like, hey, Harrison, when you want your feedback or alignment, like how often do you want that and when do you want it? And I think that can be a really helpful conversation because maybe I am someone who actually doesn't mind having immediate feedback and immediate conversations around prioritization or alignment, whereas maybe I am not one of those people. I don't know. The manager doesn't know. So I think having that conversation alignment in the beginning might be just more valuable because the manager's job at the end of the day is to create the most productive team and most motivated team as possible. And I think he or she should be able to be flexible around that. And underlying that, this whole theme that we've been talking about, creating this psychological safety and being aware of your mental health, I think probably those conversations are really good to have. And while you're right, they take longer, but I'm really liking that idea that kind of the ground rules are set and the schedule is set and that's how they work together. Yeah. I think having that explicit ground rule or agreement on their workflow and work arrangement, I think that's actually really, really helpful. Many managers don't think about it that way. It's more than just cadences of meetings and recurring invites. Yeah. I like that a lot. Awesome. One more fun questions for you. Those are all the serious ones. (laughs) So you're in Utah right now. I am. What's your favorite activity in Utah? So we went to Zion National Park yesterday. I'm honestly liking this hiking a lot more than I thought I would. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I mean, because I'm from Houston, I bike and I walk, but we don't have inclines or anything like that. So I'm liking this a lot more than I thought I would. Nice. Um, New hobby. Perfect, New hobby. Perfect, yeah, perfect for the remote environment, too. Uh, exactly. I'd have to move, but luckily, like you said, <laughs> we're remote. So, Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Sarah. Where can the audience find you and your thought leadership? So I'm at LinkedIn. It's Sarah B. Kohler. Or I occasionally have blogs at goco.io. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to Working With People by PaveStep. Feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com slash podcast. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Harrison.